Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Thursday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the Militia live on X Spaces at some point, most of the time. We do it 100% of the time that we do it. Syracuse gets back on track with a 69-59 win over BC. Uh, it's good enough for 11 straight for the Orange. So I, if I, I saw a graphic, I think that, and I don't know, it was a picture sent to us, and I can't remember who off the top of my head, but I think it was a picture of the, I have it right here. I don't know what it was a picture of, but it was sent by Cuse Mojimbo. 11 straight wins over Boston College. It's the longest active streak versus Boston College in Division One. Pretty good. I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy about that. So, anyways, you'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fin feedback. We'll also just give you a quick UNC snapshot. I think we all know who UNC is. They really haven't changed much over uh, the last year. Not too much. Um, I think there's a new face here, but, um, transfer from Stanford we'll talk about, but, um, yeah. So look, no montage, but there wasn't much ground covered. I mean, honestly, you know, just a little bit of talk about Judah, obviously he didn't start and that was a violation of team rules. Coach red says, no big deal. Expect some back versus UNC. Is what it is, right? Let's move on. Nothing else to really talk about about that. But McLeod in a boot, and I think Copeland slipped in the locker room uh, and said that he's out for the year. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I saw the boot before all that happened, obviously, and I was like, that does not look good. So he's on a boot with the little wheelie-dolly thing. So uh, not great. I I saw that from James Zuba. Uh, tweeted he was that on last a night. scooter thing. Yeah, he was on a scooter. No, oh, that's fun. Yeah, so. No, well, most of the time that's Achilles, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think it happened during the the last game, right? <clears throat> Maybe practice or something. I don't know. Most, yeah, most likely. So, anyways, you know, we'll just my thoughts. Yesterday, I thought that again. I mean, enough can't be said about Malik Brown shutting down. And two consecutive games, each team's best center 
or, or well, you know, best big guy, let's say. And right. it's it's no small feat when you're talking about uh, Filipowski from Duke and then Post from Quentin Post from Boston College, who he just shut out. He was 0 for 4. Post was 0 for 4, had nothing. I think he uh, turned the ball over four times, um, seven times. Seven times, <laughs> okay? yeah. So uh, huge. And Syracuse on defense at times yesterday just looked so frustrating for any team. Yeah. It's just amazing what they did. There was there was um, the up-tempo game still worries me a little bit. I know Boston College tried to slow it down, but you know, just the bad shot selection on some of that stuff. Bell got it going with the three, followed by Justin Taylor with the three, and then Malik Brown down low. And finally, you know, Bell did hit four of nine, which is good. I mean, I'll take that all day. But oh, yeah. just um, Justin Taylor, one for five, and just kind of still struggling. And I think they're shooting over the past four games in, in the low 20s or mid 20s for from behind the arc. So... Um, a good sign to see it get going, but I'm still waiting for the consistency there. Some lapses in offense. Um, obviously, starting without Judah was a little bit, you know, weird. And and I believe it was his first time he didn't start since playing for Syracuse. I think he's been a starter. I think he's started every game yeah. that he's played. So, uh, and, and then I, I noticed um, Copeland sitting on the bench a little bit longer than I thought he would when when um, Boston College started to get hot. A little bit on offense, and you know they good on them. They 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 scorched a nineteen point deficit, ended up coming in and, and leading at one point. But you know some of that is just. I mean, you go, you go nine points in the first sixteen minutes of a game. You're gonna start scoring at some point. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was oh, like, yeah. you know, you saw it get turned on. And then once it got turned on, they, they cycled some guys through and, and the, their bench actually didn't do too bad. Um, what's his name there? Um, Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a little Kelly spark for them. Some good minutes too. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm all yeah. in all, I felt like this is a good rebound for Syracuse. And I, I don't know if it was a must win, have to win, but it definitely showed that resiliency. And again, we're kind of at the chalk level, right? I mean, you're winning the ones you should be winning, even when they're competitive. And, you know, you've just got to get over the hump and, and get one of these big ones coming up. And, and that's where we're at. We know what this team is and what they're capable of. And they can hang with almost anybody until you reach that next level. That's where Syracuse is struggling. Yeah, and uh, the way that they held Quentin Post, you know, we knew that. I think that's really why they struggled so much. We talked about it. Uh, the offense goes through him, and the way that he was struggling and turning the ball over, you know, we spoke about before Malik Brown, and, and you know, they talked about it on the broadcast about just how fast his hands are, and and uh, yeah, he just they created problems. You know, the the one thing that I did notice is when you look at the uh, the Alig Bays and the McLaughlins and the Posts, like. Yeah, we stopped them from scoring for the most part, but they still had 13 offensive rebounds. They beat us in rebounds, um, and you can tell that those big bodies, you know, down there outside of you know whoever Malik Brown's guarding, uh, you know, sometimes they got some offensive rebounds and some easy putbacks and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, to your point, you know, you go the first 16 minutes with only nine points. Um, I we should have been. I thought we should have been up way more, and then they score 13 points in the last four minutes to get it within 10 going into halftime. So that kind of made me a little nervous. And then, you know, obviously come out of the half and 
they start to cut it away, you know, you figure, you assume the post is going to do something better in the second half. Uh, but obviously it was still a little bit more of the same. Uh, you know, obviously you just had players like Harris and Madsen that started hitting some threes and obviously, you know, McLaughlin and Oligbe putting, getting some putbacks, but, um, yeah, dude. I mean, I kind of saw that whole thing coming, you know, even at the end of the first half, I was like, okay, um, we should have had a bigger lead. Then they go on a little run, get it within 10. And I kind of had a feeling they were going to come back and make this a game. Um, and they did. And, you know, to what coach spoke about in the, in the, the presser, um, you know, we've been tested. We've been in close games with, you know, not as, as difficult opponents. And then we came back, you know, we spoke about coming back from 24 against Colgate, you know, and we've, you know, had the lead and allowed teams to come take it back only to, you know, go ahead and, and end up winning the game. And, and it was nice to see them, you know, uh, be able to get back on their game on, on defense and kind of um, focus in on the shooters again and eventually get a 10 point lead uh, that I think a lot had to do with the fact that, you know, we went to the free throw line 23 times, you know, 17 to 23 to their four. They made three out of four. So. Keeping them off the free throw line um, and hitting our free throws and obviously, you know, stopping, you know, pretty much shutting down Post and Zachary for zero points. I mean, I think that was obviously, you know, the biggest things. But, um, you know, when this first started out, it looked like it could have been way worse than this. Yeah, but just being that it is Boston College or was Boston College, I knew that that wasn't going – What they weren't going to just walk away with this thing. And they overcame right. a 16-point deficit against Georgia Tech. I believe. Yeah. And came back and won that game, right? So Oh yeah, you could tell they weren't gonna give up, right? Right. But, so, but yeah. post was scoring that day. And also Yeah, you know, for well, they scored like, in the eighties. Like, They've been scoring in the eighties. Right. So I mean we gotta give ourselves some credit there defensively, uh, you know, to what coach said, it's probably our best uh defensive game in ACC so far. Albeit we've only played four games, but um but yeah, I mean, like you said, First half was, you know, you watch that defense, it's just frustrating. You know, then they got a couple shots off near the end there. And then, you know, that lapse in the second half, I think we just kind of lacked focus as far as being on the, you know, the shooters. And I think we gave Harris and Madsen. Well, they, they started to move. They started to change some bodies around and stuff like that, too. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it just, it took them out of the rhythm, but they gathered their nuggets and they, they went back at it. So, right. I mean, all in all. I don't care. It's a win. Um, it was ugly at times offensively. And, you know, Justin Taylor kind of, for a guy of his size, man, when he takes it to the rim, he needs to take it to the rim. Like, take it there. You know, this. I mean, this, he had a good finish. He, but. he did, but he there was there was one on a fast break where, I mean, he, he should have just freaking thrown it down and he ended up missing it. And, by the way, the – Malik Brown took numerous like high high elbows. I mean, not swings, but yeah. shove offs and high elbows, and none of that was called. I mean, one quitting post pushed him down on the ground, basically, and um, just it was aggressive. And, and when I think when it gets that aggressive, and it luckily it didn't get out of control or anything, but I think when it gets that aggressive, you should tighten up the whistles a little bit, and they didn't. And that's kind of what was that was also frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. But, you know, when you see so many turnovers and I mean, they had 18 fouls to our seven. Right. I know. So, and I was so surprised by that. I was so surprised by that, that they had that many called on them because I, I mean, it could have been and I mean, you can talk about both teams, but of course I'm biased because I'm an orange fan, but 
It could have been so many more for Boston College. Yeah. I mean, Quentin Post could have fouled out 10 minutes earlier. Oh, yeah, he probably could have, you know. But when you look at this, this game was just a lot closer. When you look at it realistically, the amount of fouls that they had, 18 to 7, was a direct reflection of our 23 free throws to their four. Um, and then obviously they had 22 turnovers to our eight. So, I mean, that, that was the game right there. And, you know, if we shoot any better, which I know we can and we have, then this is, this is a, a way bigger win. But, you know, to your point, Boston College, we knew they were going to be tough. And, you know, they came back from Georgia Tech and, and you know, it didn't stop coming. So, um, but yeah, dude, I mean, the, Chris Bell coming out playing the way he did, that's, that's again, that's going back to what we talked about um, before, about not sh- really messing with the starting lineup too much. I mean, obviously you had to because Judah and, and, and McLeod, but, um, you know, that's the, that's the reason why you start Chris Bell because, you know, he could do things like he did last Absolutely. night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that type of confidence fueled him to be able to honestly, I mean, if you remember, he was the one that came off the, the bench when uh, they took the lead. And he had been sitting for a little while, and he came out and just drained a three uh, from the baseline to take the lead back. And, you know, because he started the game off with confidence and hitting shots and getting some dunks that allowed him to, you know, be able to go to the bench, be a good teammate on the bench, come off the bench still with confidence and hit those shots when, when he needs to. So that's that's that last night was a perfect example about why you still keep, you know, a guy like that in your in your starting lineup, you know, and. I mean, obviously, Copeland, he did Copeland things. And um, Malik Brown, I just don't think you can say enough. Um, you know, 19 points, eight rebounds, four assists, four steals, four blocks, no turnovers. I mean, that is a ridiculous bo- like box score. Seven for eight from the line. At, 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 by the way, he's 23 for 26 for the year, which is great. I mean, he just is almost automatic. At Donnie Lake on Twitter, Malik is turning into my favorite player, and Taylor does not need to see all – the time he gets, he is not very good right now at all. Uh, I, I mean, look, Malik Brown is awesome. And that's why I just saw this while you were talking and figured we'd, we'd give it the shot. out. I didn't realize how it finished. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, Taylor's frustrating to watch sometimes. And, the, and it is what it is. He's just got to – he's got to settle in and just find find his role. I mean, he, he does do things that, you know, he had to steal and – um, he's a little bit more disruptive than just the one steal on there, but um, you know, I think he just he needs a little bit of um, he he needs a little bit of, of work. So, I mean, seven rebounds that's helping out. And by the way, they we lost on the boards last night, forty-two to thirty-six, which I would have never guessed. But it was those offensive rebounds for Boston College are so frustrating in the second half. Yeah, they just were on that big time. And that's, that's one thing that Syracuse has not really been falling too far behind on this year is the, is the battle of the boards, uh, at salty warrior four, got to be disappointed. Red preaches four minute stretches, yet they can't close a half and have up to 20 point and, and have up a, and oh, must be gave up, must gave up a 20 point lead. Do the same shit. We've been seeing for years, miss free throws and bad rebounding, couple of selfish plays off of turnovers. Luckily, Malik Brown is a consistent force. Yeah, the closing out the halves, I saw a little bit of that on Twitter. I got to agree. We've kind of been struggling with that. He, it, has been, it has been years, but this year has been glaring because they've been really, really good 
up until the close. And I'm just happy that they closed out the second half because they really did it pretty handily. I mean, it was it was close until it just was not. It didn't come down to a free throw battle. Right. You know what I mean? It just, it was play and um, it was defense turning the ball over and actually coming down and, and not having an empty trip and scoring. So, yeah, I mean, it's, that's going to happen. You're going to have lulls, you know? I mean, if we don't start off, you know, if we started off like Boston College did, then we would be like, oh, you know, too many slow starts, right? Or not finishing well, a half. Like, right. I mean, we're not, yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. it's very difficult to be. Just on your game, just doing you making everything for a full forty minutes, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, whether it's starting slow or ending the half slow, or you know, there's going to be certain lulls um, where some players aren't hitting some shots, or there's some mistakes, or you know, you got to make some the other team make some adjustments, and then you got to make adjustments. I mean, that's just part of the game. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think I, it's. I like, agree, but the slow start thing has been years. We, we've pounded that. We've beat. The we didn't have a slow start that. last night. We didn't have. We haven't really had many at all this year. Huh. They've come out with some energy, pretty much all year. I mean, we haven't even talked about. It. We haven't even mentioned it. Right. So well, and that's the back and forth of basketball. That's the ebb and flow of basketball, because it's a situation where, in basketball, you can score points so fast and things can happen so fast that. You get up 10, and it's easy to kind of, okay, we got a lead. And, you know, you kind of get a little complacent. You know, you're not playing as hard in certain spurts of the game. Meanwhile, the other team is down, and they're in desperation mode. So, I mean, there's that whole, you know, mental gymnastics of it as well as, you know, it's you got to stay locked in. And sometimes it's just naturally hard to get a player to stay locked in like they're losing the game on defense when you're actually up like 17, right? So um, that's why you see so many back and forth in basketball and, and runs and stuff like that because I think that it's very easy to mentally to get comfortable when you have a lead. And then the other team gets in, you know, basically like fight mode, right? And um, survival mode just to try to get back in the game. And so they're playing harder and, you know, Boston College played harder the last four minutes, scored 13 points, and got within 10. So it happens. It goes back and forth. And what the problem is is that when they come back, you got to be able to come back and hit them in the mouth again and, and get that momentum back up and take the lead and get back up to up 10. And, you know, that's exactly what we did. At Syracuse Nerd 44, 9 p.m. tip-off suck. I don't care how we win. A win is a win. But if we want to be good against good teams and make the madness – then we need to keep building some, building still some sloppy basketball on the offensive end, but the defensive end is on the upward trend. So, yeah, I mean, the, to your point, I mean, I mean, you could cover, you could blanketly say what you just said about any negative point to any game, right? Because uh-huh. it's never going to be perfect, right? No. So, never. With, with that said, that's it. Show's over, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, to his point, the defense has been stepping up and, you know, I have to agree with, well, especially I have to agree with the 9 PM tip offs that, let me tell you something. I actually, my wife actually woke me up to watch that. I said, wake me up at nine. I went, I fell asleep. I was like eight, 10 watching. What was it? What was I watching? Was I watching the end of the or Clemson game? Was it Clemson? I can't remember. I was watching another game. 
of the Louisville game, right? So I was watching that, and my eyes were dropping. I'm like, look, wake me up at 9 when Syracuse comes on. So she did. So I woke up. I stayed up for the whole damn thing, but it was not easy. So, yes. But um, good enough to be a tournament team, I think so. The the offense, some of the sloppy shot selection, the 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 really poor uh, three point shooting. That's that's needs to be worked on. But again, Bell comes out, he hits four. I'm happy four out of nine. I'm yeah. fine with that. No, oh, that's 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 a good percentage, you know. And I think still too to this point, college basketball is always tough. Well, really, college sports real regardless like you come out of your non-conference schedule and sometimes it's hard to judge it's hard to compare non-conference schedules when you don't have a lot of like opponents right and then you get into the the conference play and it's still i mean it takes a while for you to actually figure like is boston college good what what teams are good right like what team schedule is coming out of non-conference who's actually legit right um and that's the one thing that I think, you know, we go back and forth on because Boston College, they've been scoring a lot. And Boston College, I think, is looked at as a different kind of team normally than the normal Boston Colleges that we've they're, seen. They're better this year. It's supposed to be. They are. They're right. But when you see a game like this, then there's everybody else that just talks about, oh, well, when we play tournament teams or when we play, I still think it's too early to really, I don't know how good Boston College is. Yeah, well, they. All I know is it's a home game and we, and we won at home. Yeah, and that's all that matters, really. I mean, oh, and it's just like on, yesterday, yeah. right? There were some teams in the ACC that figured out you know, going on the road is not easy to play, even yeah. if you're uh, supposed to. Elite. And hell, I think right. Louisville went to Miami and won, didn't they? I think so. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah, it's hard to win a, a game, um, you know, any game in the conference away. And when you play at home, you got to try to, you know, keep home court and, and win. So, I mean, that's all we can do at this point. But I, I would be... I'd, as you'd like to say, keep my powder dry on judging Boston College on how good they are because I think that they could have played a lot better, and I think that we're probably going to see a better team um, in a different Boston College team when we go and we play them at Boston. Um, Nadal mentions here on, in the space that Syracuse adjusted defense is up to 38 on Kempom, which is that's pretty good. They, I think they have they lead the ACC in steals per game as a team. So. Um, damn, pretty happy about that. Uh, yeah, Louisville was at Miami, one by nine. Um, you know, Clemson went to Virginia Tech and kind of got handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched some of that game. Did you see the video of Gerard? Yeah, what the hell was up with that? That was weird. I'm willing to bet that he was probably supposed to be somewhere else he, in the court. Uh, he was supposed to be in the corner. That's where he was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. So the coach is helping him. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know you could get out there like that and do that. I mean, you're out of your you're out of your area, right? Stepping on the court and push your guy around like it's like it's uh, what do you what is it? Upward? What's that league? Everybody's got that league. What the hell is it? The church league where you get the wristbands? Oh, maybe you don't have it. Anyway, it's like yeah, where you guide the you know you, it's it's beginner basketball. You guide the kids around and stuff and show them where they need to be. Coaches on the oh, floor okay. moving the kids around and whatnot. You know. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, look, it was a little weird, but after he, he brushed him off, he was realized where he was supposed to be and he went there. So, um, let's see here. Let's see here back to, oh, let's do David at David super on 
Twitter needed that win, extremely fortunate to get the win. The first half was something, built 19-point lead somehow uh, undeserved. Boston, Boston College, I almost said Boston College. Boston College, 13 turnovers in that half were mostly stupid careless, but um, we win because of the difference in turnovers, difference in free throws, and zero points from Quentin Post. Yeah, if he's scoring, that game's a totally different game. And um, like you mentioned earlier, Joe, the free throws are just so lopsided. If you're a Boston College fan, you look at it and you say, well, um, we got screwed by the refs big time. Because it's, it could be, and, and you got a case, because as aggressive as they were in that first half on defense, Syracuse, that is. I mean, they kind of let them play, but it was... It, they weren't really calling anything. There was a lot going. There was a lot going on. So, I mean, yeah. you you could make that call, but Syracuse's game is trying to get to the line, and we we kind of talked about Malik Brown needed to do that, and he did yesterday, which is, um, yeah, because he's good enough to do it, and he just you know he's he's just down sitting there, posting up below the rim and just slamming it down. But you know he's a little bit more active. Got to the line uh, nine times, was it? I think eight. Yes, I'm great. And him, him and Quitter Copeland, they got some chemistry. I mean, they definitely have some chemistry yeah, out there they, on the court. They they must practice that no look pass stuff under the rim constantly. And if you're mm. and if you're a Boston College fan watching that in like three in a row, it has got to be so <laughs> aggravating. I mean, we've all been oh, there, yeah. right? So no, yeah, uh, I like I like the one where he drove and then just kind of just left it for him and he dunked. He, he just he yeah he just the ball almost levitated too one time. He just yeah. kind of levitated it. Malik Brown yep. grabbed it, slammed it home. I mean, it was impressive. The the chemistry is impressive. I feel like um, those guys are on the same page for sure. And you know, someone in the in the comments had mentioned them being uh, or Malik Brown being the consistent, but I mean, Quadir Copeland is definitely stepping up to be another consistent guy. I mean, you're not going to be perfect every game, but he's doing the things that he does every game, every game, right? I mean, you, it's not always in the it's not always in the in the you know points total, but it's what you do besides that, and he's awesome. So. You got anything on Facebook? I have a few more. I have a bunch. Yeah, here, I mean, but... Mike's got uh, need to shoot better. Way too many stupid turnovers and got clobbered on the offensive glass. Loved the defensive effort, especially in the first half. They were active and swatted everything away. And of course, the refs showing their hatred of Syracuse by allowing Brown and Mitts to get mugged and not call anything all day. See, I'm glad I'm not the only one that saw that. I'm glad someone else brought it up. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, again, if you turn around and you're a Boston College fan, I'm sure there's saying. plenty of yeah. those steals in the first half where you were like, oh, where's the foul? He mugged was, him, right? There like, was so much over the back going on with Quentin Post. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was just all – it was ridiculous. I thought it was yeah. ridiculous. Um, Phil Posse was doing the same thing last against Duke, and he wasn't – you know, Malik Brown wasn't getting those calls either. So, um, nah, Again, but after – but but it – you listen to that or you hear that comment, you know, and I, someone sees that. But if you look at the box score and we only had eight turnovers to their 22 and 18 fouls, or, you know, seven fouls to their 18, then uh, you it, it's a, it's perception. It's pretty lopsided one day. It's it, one way. It is in its perception as you're watching the game, because after I watched the game and I saw the box score, first of all, I, would, I didn't think Judah played 31 minutes. And I had no idea that. um how lopsided the the foul shots were, I mean the fouls in general. But I mean they only went to the they only went to the line four times. Four times. <laughs> so yeah. I mean it's ridiculous. I'd be pissed. 
Uh, we've been, we, <laughs> we, we, we've been in that, we've been in that spot. So, you know, whatever. Um, at Davy duck 25. Yeah. Good win against Boston college team. That is mid tier ACC. Still a bunch of softies. Q's turned into ACC team and has lost their big East ways. Need attitude instead of complaints. Need toughness. I think this team's extremely tough. Yeah. I mean, maybe not I mean, extremely tough, but this is a pretty tough team. This is a scrappy, tough team. This isn't Derek Coleman, yeah. Billy Well, Owens I think, tough, and, I, and again, is, too, I think that in a lot of areas, in a lot of ways, we're undersized against some of these guys, too. They're still Because you, you look at, like, McLaughlin last night, right? And he was yeah. only, what, 6'7 or 6'8 or something, which is around the same as, you know, Chris Belk, you know, um, and Justin Taylor, but... He's got a big old body. You know what I mean? So uh, even uh, Malik, as much as he can handle himself, you know, there was obviously you could see the size difference between him and Post. You know, it's just he's a smart, he's a really good, talented, smart player. Um, So Malik Brown knows how to get under the – I mean, you could tell he was under Quentin Post's skin. Like (laughs) – and he wasn't reacting. um, And and he got Quentin Post to follow out. So – but, yeah, I mean, I think that – I think they're very scrappy. I think they're very tough. It's just I think that in a lot of places, especially when it comes to the rebounds, offensive rebounds and stuff against certain teams, I think that um, that we it's not necessarily that we lack toughness as much as I think that we just lack some size to where just naturally they get beat there. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it, yeah. And I, I guess I'd have to go back and look, but I just don't remember it that bad too often this year. Like last night at one point, it was so frustrating. I mean, there's we've had against some good talent. We've had issues giving away offensive rebounds for sure. And so. we're and we're probably going to continue the rest of the year, and because of that size. But um, will we get a big win? That's that's you know something to hang your hat on. That's my question. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, Nick Goodman at Nick Goodman eighteen on the Twitter positives. Malik Brown is one of the most reliable players I have ever seen. Love him so damn much. Bell stepped up big time for the first time in a long time. Quadira's rock solid negatives. What exactly does Taylor actually do for this team? Anything? There's a couple of these and that, you know, fans can be so brutal too, by the way. Yeah. But he struggles, man. He does. He struggles. And, and if he could get hot from behind the arc, it's going to be, I mean, that's why he's there, right? You know, the, yeah. you, you saw Bell hit one, and then he goes down, and he hits the next one, and boom, Syracuse is up 6 nothing at the at the blink of an eye, and you're like, yes, this is going to be, you know, they're going to get hot. And even if they only stay hot for the first half, then so be it. But that was it for Taylor. Yeah, pretty much. And, and again, it just seems to me like – when you watch him, I mean, extreme effort. He plays good on defense. He, he gets rebounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, um, you know, but the problem, I think, is with our team um, is that we lack we lack consistency when it comes to making outside shots, even really outside mid-range shots. Um, and uh, I think that this is something I think that we're going to have to uh, – JJ Starling's going to have to do it a little bit. Um, Judah Mintz, I think, is going to be able. He's, I think he's going to have to, you know, because last year he made a lot of mid-range jumpers, and I don't feel. I feel like this year it's not, <clears throat> not hitting them, you know, at the same clip. So, um, but also from the three-point line too, I think that we rely on Justin Taylor. 
if we were a situation where we didn't have to rely on Justin Taylor offensively and he came in and gave us minutes and, and, and played good defense and got rebounds, then I think that he would be fine. I don't think anybody would really be saying anything. But the fact that he's probably most likely starting because we're relying on him and, and Chris Bell to possibly come out and, and start the game hot and be that outside presence um, and change the whole trajectory of, you know, and game plan of what the other team um, is doing. Like, I think that's really where, where it hurts because he needs that confidence on the offensive end to hit those shots. And like you said with him, you know, earlier in the podcast with him driving a couple times where he could have definitely drove a lot stronger and, you know, either finish or got to the free throw line yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so it just seems to me like he's lacking a, a little bit of confidence when it comes to the offensive end. But I do believe that he can give us good minutes on the defense end. Like I said, the sad thing is, is I think that he's not. I don't think he's in there for his defense. I think he's in there to be a shooter to give us that option. And um, right now, I don't necessarily think that um, that he's got the confidence to to do that consistently. So yeah, well. He does. But I wouldn't go as far as say he doesn't do anything and question what he does for the team. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I got one more. I mean, isn't he leading rebounds? Um, he is not. Malik Brown is six. Are you talking for the game or the season? No, I was talking about for the season. No, Malik Brown with six, five point nine. But if you wanna, if you let me see, I mean, just for the hell of it, let's see what he's got. He's got five point five, so he's yeah, he's tied with Copeland with five. Tied with 5. Copeland with eighty three rounds for the for the year, and Malik Brown only has eighty eight. So, yeah, well, they're all right there, all three of them. And he's also, oh yeah, yeah, he's all right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, let's see. I got one more here. Me too. I saw that was pretty good. At Breaking Orange 44, Malik is has such good instincts. Top five defender in the country. That being said, we had like 22 turnovers forced. Should have, shouldn't have been that close. I mean, I somewhat, I somewhat agree. I do. It was the the the, the lulls in the offense. I think it was a four minute stretch without anything. Yep. Um, there was the 8-0 run at the end of the half. I mean, I understand it, but. I, and I agree. I agree. At the at the end of the day, I agree with that. In uh, Malik Brown's instincts is just you, no god. You, you, I mean, you can't. that's why we talked about him being able to come in and be a. You know, when I watched his tape, it was like, okay, this dude mentally knows the game. He's got yeah. fast hands, high basketball. He's IQ. got instincts, very very high basketball IQ. So even if whatever he lacked as far as he didn't have the height to be a center, or he didn't have a jump shot, or he wasn't didn't have you know post moves and things like that. I knew that he was going to be able to come in and, and help last year as a freshman just because of that, because he was an unselfish guy that came in and did his job and did it well, and he's just got all those instincts. And now you can tell that he's worked on his – I mean, his free throws, he's shooting way better from the free throw line this year. Um, he's hit threes, and the coaches aren't pulling him out. So obviously he's working on his offensive game. So um, a lot of times it's the other way around. A lot of times it's you have the God-given ability and talent, and you do all these things, but your basketball IQ isn't great, so it kind of you, it stops you from maximizing your talent. And then this situation is complete opposite. I mean, he's usually where he needs to be. I mean, just think about some of the plays. You know, that last night, guy drives by everyone, looks like a layup. All of a sudden, he just spikes it against the damn backboard, right, out of yeah. nowhere. 
He knew exactly where to be. Copeland drove, threw the ball up. It was wild. Well, who's there? Copeland for an alley-oop. I mean, or sorry, Malik Brown for an alley-oop. Um, he just knows the game so well, and now all he has to do is work on the jump shot, work on all that other, all those other things, which you can get better in practice. So to me, um, seeing these past couple of games and how he can score and how he's stopping, you know, you know, he's holding these big men, these good big men in our in our conference to such, you know, low point totals and just not great, uh, you know, efficient games. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for him, dude. Sky oh, abs- is the limit. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, he's he's someone that will probably be back next year and be able to definitely make a difference yeah. again. I mean, he made a difference in a lot of games last year. Yeah, he did, but he—you can tell that he's it's taken another step this year. And yeah, was. so, yeah. Um, so David um, from Facebook. I feel like previous teams would have lost this game, mm-hmm. being up 19, and let them come back and go up by one. Last couple of years, they would have lost by 10 because they would have just heaved threes. This team has grit, likes to drive the lane and hit occasional threes. At least they finished second half better than they closed out the first half. Still undefeated at the dome. Keep it up and see what happens. Is twenty-one threes? I mean, six out of twenty-one. That's too many, right? That's throwing up too many. Uh, I, I, I think say it's, I, if I, we made three more, I wouldn't say too many. But, but we didn't, I mean, though, right? But we'd be pushing almost fifty percent at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> we're at twenty-eight. Right. We're at twenty-eight. So twenty-eight percent. Right, right. Six six for twenty-one. I think it's too many. We were never trying to have to play from behind. That was a lot. Some of those threes were during panic moments when Boston College was making their run. It yeah. was, it, but you know, I, I don't think all of them were great shot selection. And you know, we're, whatever. What's sometimes it's tough to judge, right? But because um, a couple of them were like Justin Taylor one time was wide open. So, but yeah. it's just not. It's just not their game. Their game is is what he would mention about driving the lane and doing that, and I think, um, I think it's probably too much. But you start right. off with two, two for two, right? It's like you, you feel a- that magic, and then you're like, you want to, you're chasing it the rest of the game. Yeah. So and to be fair, you take away Chris Bell's uh, shots, and then they went two for twelve. So true. Okay. I mean, take away one player and we only shot 12. Yeah, and it was, still, it was an even worse percentage, obviously. Right, yeah. So, um, But again, that's why he's out there, uh, right? So Yeah, and I think he's the- poised too, by the way. Talk about where Malik Brown is now. Just wonder where Chris Bell will be next year. Because, I mean, we all remember Chris Bell last year. You know, he was still sipping on the bottle. He's at least he's at least chomping out on some meat now. And, you know, next, oh, yeah. d- next year – you know, you, you you almost can't wait to see that jump for a guy like him because he's, the talent's there and he's poised. Like he, yeah. you know what I'm saying? When you see him, I mean, he he jumped the the passing lane, got a couple steals last night. You have two or three, you know, open dunks. Um, so it's not just like he was just shooting threes. It's not like he, normally he's just shooting his you know three pointers on his way to 20 points or 18 or when he goes off like this. But uh, 21 threes isn't bad, says Captain Patrick. It's not awful. Who invited it, Captain in here anyway? To I mean, it's not. It's not awful. It's just you'd like to obviously make more. Six for twenty three. That's why I did. mentioned the six. I mean, twenty one's not bad if you hit nine of them, like Joe said. That's great. Thirty five isn't bad if you hit sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So, uh, 
I hear yeah. you though, Cap. I love you, dude. All right. So I got one more. Oh, for the love of Pete. Go ahead. Go. Okay. So uh, Brandon from Facebook, ESPN at BC over SU. So let's go. Two and two in the ACC and 11 and four overall. I think this is better than what I would have asked for this far into the season. What do you think about that? I would have to say yes. Like I mentioned, though, it's kind of like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're just not doing what you're not supposed to do, <laughs> right? Which is beat teams. Uh, you're not surprising anybody, but it is uh, it is good. It is good. It is it, I, Syracuse is in a good place right now. They're up to seventy three in the net. They're in a good place right now as far as um, the season is at this point. But from here on out, it's not. It's tougher. So. Oh yeah, well I mean obviously it's definitely tough when you got out of the non conference, but I would definitely challenge, you know, any fan to go back into the schedule and look from up to this point, you know, in the beginning of the season and say you had us, you know, at 11 and 4. I think that a lot of people would guess that we would have lost the four that we lost to. But I think that it would be hard pressed for somebody to think that we would have won all those other games. I mean, I would agree. I mean, I personally expected more losses at this point. Yeah, at least the Oregon one. Oregon. I mean, looking at Colgate, should have lost that game. And you know, Pitt always. You know, they've had our number the past few years. That game worried me. Really worries I mean, LS, me going on LSU the road. and I don't Georgetown. Know, I mean, I didn't know enough about LSU to be honest with you, but Georgetown and then um, you know Pitt on the road coming up. That's going to be a huge test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to the Zoo, whatever. That's such a stupid name for a place. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. The all-time ser- uh, series between Syracuse and uh, UNC sits at 16-6 in favor of the Tar Heels. They're currently on a two-game win streak, but they've won 12 out of the last 14. Um, last year's loss was a 68-72 to loss. Mince Gerard Edwards, Bell, Williams... You're starting five with Gerard with 18 points. UNC, they're currently on um, a five-game win streak. They're sitting at 12-3, 4-0 in the ACC. They've got conference wins over Florida State. Then there's Pitt, Clemson, and NC State, all part of that five-game win streak. Those are the last three games they've played, too, all part of that five-game win streak I just mentioned for them. Uh, they're uh, led in scoring by R.J. Davis, who's also their biggest threat from outside. He's 44 for 11, uh, 111. He takes a ton of them. 39.6%. He's averaging over 20 points a game. Then you've got this Stanford transfer, uh, his first year with UNC, Harrison Ingram. He is averaging 12.8 points a game, but he can also hit from outside. And he's 27 for 64, good enough for 42.2% from behind the arc. And we all know what Armando Baycock can do. Secondly, in score on the team with 14.5 points a game. And he also leads with two blocks. No surprise there. North Carolina is 45.3% from the floor, 75.6% from the line, and 36 even from distance. They are sitting ninth in the net. So, obviously, you know, a quad one game for Syracuse, another quad one opportunity. Um, Syracuse, like I mentioned, 73. So, this would be a quad two game for UNC. And games at Chapel Hill, tip-offs at noon. My biggest question, the biggest, the, 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 a really good test from Malik Brown. I want to know, can he do it three times in a row? Because you got one of the best again. 
You have Filipowski, Post, and Baycott. One, two, three. That is a stretch. And if Malik Brown can do what he did against the other two, then they've got a shot. They've got a shot. But can't let it, you can't turn this into what happened at the Duke game in, um, um, at Duke because, you know, you, you do such a tremendous job in the first half and then you kind of shit your pants in the second and it became a mess. So that's what I'm afraid of. That the threes coming at some point, which you got to expect it. It's just got to be managed. And then, um, how good can Malik Brown do with Armando Baycott? Yeah, I mean, how confident are you with Malik Brown and I mean, Armando Baycott? How do, you, um, how do you feel about it? Like, like judging by what you've just seen the past couple games, like feel pretty good. I don't feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't. The thing is, is that I'm not. That's not the guy I'm worried about in He's this game. N- not either. But he can't shoot from the outside, really, or anything like that either. And you got to worry about fouls with that type of play too, with Malik Brown. So, yeah, R.J. Davis is a is a problem. He's the one I'm worried about. Yeah, well, they. I mean, they have a couple different guys because again, the freshman guard Elliot Cadeau, um, he was one of the top guards coming out in this freshman class and he's just starting to figure it out you know and I watched a little bit of that NC uh, North Carolina NC State game and um, you can see I mean he's just I mean just budding with talent he's just trying to figure it out with everybody especially with you talk about um, the transfer Ingram who he had 19 rebounds against NC State last night so again when I talk about that I'm talking about not necessarily Malik Brown stopping Baycott I'm thinking Who's going to stop this 6'7", 235-pound guy that just had 19 rebounds against NC State? Um, you know, five of which were offensive. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, there's things like that. There's things like, you know, Cormac Ryan, the uh, the transfer yeah. from Notre Dame, yeah. um, who's filling in, uh, you know, in the, in the, the um, <clears throat> starting lineup alongside, obviously, you know, Ingram, Baycott, Cadeau, and R.J. Davis. We know what R.J. Davis can do. Cormac Ryan. We know that he's a great, you know, role player, team guy. He does all the little stuff. Um, you can seem like he's not doing anything, and then he comes and hits a couple threes like he did against NC State, and it's just helps. So, um, but also it's just it's also the guys coming off the bench. I mean, Seth Trimble coming off the bench as a guard. Um, Jalen Withers, uh, a six nine senior, and Jalen Washington, a six ten sophomore. Um, just they're big. They're a big team, big body team, and really, uh, that's what that's what worries me more than anything is that we're going to have to suck you know, our defense down and some of the players down low to try to help get rebounds, which might turn into you know wide open threes for for other people because Cormac Ryan can knock it down, Trimble can knock it down, R.J. Davis he can knock down, he can create his own shot, but I'm more worried about Ingram. I'm more worried about who's going to start Harris or who's going to stop Harrison Ingram. Um, because that guy is is starting, he's, he's becoming a star with UNC, almost at a point where you know Baycott only played 24, 24 minutes last night. So twenty four minutes, nine points, five rebounds. Um, well, he's so, he's getting old, dude. He's like, you know, past his prime. He's like forty two, right? Something like so, that. I think. I think his son's getting recruited. <laughs> yeah, right. 
No, but it's just one of those things. It's just like North Carolina always has height, and they always got that guard that can knock down the big shots. And obviously, it's always hard to play, um, you know, on the road. Um, and again, this is a team that is trying to come back from, you know, a not so great year last year. And, um, you know, their only losses are to really good teams, and they have, you know, wins against really good teams. So it's going to be a tough one, man. Absolutely, it just it's it's going to be tough, and I think it's because I think it's to me it's down low, and if we can keep the rebounds close, and we can keep certain people out of foul trouble, and obviously keep R.J. Davis, you know, as guarded as possible, then I think we might have a chance. Um, but again, well, they're ranked seventh too, which I forgot to mention. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they're four and zero in the ACC. There's a lot of, I mean, I've been hearing people say that, you know, they haven't even reached you know, the peak of what they could be with all their, you know, the transfers and newcoming. You got to figure they're you take away RJ Davis and Baycott, their starting lineup is, you know, two freshmen or two walk-ons and a freshman. So they're still trying to figure that out. Um, so they could be dangerous by the end of the year is basically what I'm saying. I'm kind of glad we're getting them a little early, but uh, who knows? You probably got to play him again at this point. And on top of that, we don't. We haven't. You know, our track record against North Carolina since we've joined the ACC isn't great anyway. So well, no, um, that's what I mentioned. I mean, it's it's not good at all. We've won some big games against UNC. Yeah, but I think like two. It's been two in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 um we've won two out of the last fourteen. So. I'm not, look, I'm not saying that we don't have the talent to beat them. Um, but again, you want to talk about a tough physical game, a team that's got, you know, a lot of experience. And um, always does. Know. And they always, they just always do. Right. I mean, you realistically look at it. I mean, RJ Davis and Baycott, I feel like have been there forever. I mean, that's like four or five years. I want to say Cormac Ryan's been in the ACC for five years coming from Notre Dame. I mean, Cudo, obviously a freshman to Harrison Ingram. He's a junior, so he could be three, four years in. Like, um, R.J. Davis is a senior this year. He's his fourth year. Guy. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, what does a senior mean at this point? We don't. We know. don't know. With graduate and with COVID year and with all that, I don't know how long. I feel like Baycott's been here he, for six years. I know he's in his fifth, but you're right. right. Yeah. No, so, I feel the same um, way. Even Withers coming off the bench, he's a senior. Um, so you got experience and you got, you know, big bodies. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting, but again, this is the first time that we're playing them man to man, not playing against two, three zone. And, uh, obviously I'd be, I think I'd be a lot more worried if we were playing against two, three zone against a team like this. So I think with the team we got, with the depth we got, I think that that gives us, you know, uh, you know, puncher's chance. Um, but to me, realistically, that's really what it is. I mean, we got to be able to take care of the ball, obviously. Um, you know, and obviously we want to win the, the free throw battle, pretty much what we just did at Boston College, right? We want to we want to win the free throw battle. We want to win the turnover battle, um, and then obviously the next most important thing is rebounds. Then that rebounds actually might be the most. We don't even have to beat. We don't have to win it. We just got to keep it close, and definitely got to keep that offensive rebound number down because um, that's really their strength. So at the Smith Center. All right. Well, what do you got? Let's go first. Well, thanks, man. Look, we've been right all year on our wins. If that makes you feel any better, 
Yeah. Score is about a little off. I'm just saying it's tough because I'm going to this game. I don't want to predict that we're going to lose, but. Well, then predict I that just, we win, and then you'll be right. No, no, I'm going to leave that up to you. Um, so, <laughs> no, I mean, I look, I'm only going to go off. I'm not saying that, that we aren't a tournament team. I'm not saying that we're not a good team. But, you know, going off, um, you know, history, you know, as far as so far this year, a team that's been ranked and a team like this, we haven't been able to overcome. And they eventually, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns and we end up losing by double digits. Um, so as bad as it sounds, I think just being in the game all the way to the end against a team like this, especially on the road is a step in the right direction for us. Um, so now with that said, I'm going to, I'm going to take Carolina 72, Syracuse, uh, Syracuse, uh, 67. What? It's a weird one. Well, I'm right there. Close enough. I just don't think, even if this game is at home, I'm not even sure if I'm picking them to win. But, by the way, our stack guy over here in the X, uh, David, preseason Ken Palm had a 6-8 and eight at this point. Just for, Yeah. So, uh, for what it's worth. I just saw it. Um, yeah, Ken Palm did not have us. I think he... We might have actually surpassed already how many wins Ken Palm had us for the whole season. Shut so. up. It's close, dude. Are you serious? Yeah. 11? He had less than 11 or right around 11 for the whole year? Uh, I mean, I'll let that's, David get on that. but That's, that's insulting. So insulting. <laughs> I'm offended. Uh, you got to remember where we were preseason ranked. What, 11th or 12th in the ACC, right? Well, I mean, it wasn't high. I, honestly, I don't even remember. I, don't, I, I pay so little attention to that stuff. I, I no, it really doesn't matter, but yeah. it's, it's good, uh, you know. Uh, we'll wait for David. Good motivation. Let's see. Hold on. Someone's, what's going on here? Uh, so, look, I don't think that um, 6 and 7, he says correction, 6 and 7, missing two Maui, Maui games where opponent wasn't going to be wasn't going to be known preseason. Right, right. You understand that, right? He didn't know the yeah. opponents. He couldn't predict it. Um, so, anyway, I, I don't think uh, Syracuse can go in and, and win this game. However, I think they play it close, at least for a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's going to be um, – they're going to – UNC is going to run away with it. 76-62. I think it's gonna. It could be a struggle. So seventy six, sixty two. UNC. We'll see what happens. I mean, I love being wrong. But I mean, I was a little tiny bit worried about Boston College. So I mean, you at home. I mean, that's just where my gut is, you know. So I mean, to say that Syracuse is gonna go to UNC and shock the world there. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we're still trying to find that line of actually where we are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. it's difficult. Like I said, I mean, you, I don't think any, no logical sp sports fan is going to be like, oh, you lost in Maui to Tennessee and Gonzaga and at Virginia and at Duke. Oh, wow, you suck. And at you know what I mean? UNC, if we lose. Oh, yeah, even, even to that point, right? Um, but. But as far as the teams that we beat, we don't we don't know where they stand. You know what I mean? So it's like 
were kind of in the middle. And I think Oregon was probably the best benchmark for us, and we played them shorthanded. So even if they got healthy and they started winning like they have, <laughs> it really doesn't tell us too much. I mean, it counts as a win. By It'll way. overall help us, right, in our resume. But, you know, the people that know, <laughs> know that we played them shorthanded. Um, and they didn't have any big guys, and who knows if it would have mattered because we did win by what, like twenty. But still, they that is a quad one win currently right now. By the way, so no, oh, so, so they moved up. Yeah, Oregon's forty seven right now. We needed them to just get to fifty to become a quad one win, and they're at forty seven. Okay. So, and I don't foresee them doing. I mean, they're going to be a good solid team, so that's probably going to stay. Probably, yeah, I would. I would if, if I had to bet, that would probably. I would say that would probably stay. So, like, like I said, to me, it'll probably be an asterisk, but hopefully, to the uh, to the committee at the end of the year, it's not. And hopefully, it really doesn't even get to that point. And let's be so. honest. It, well, who knows? I mean, the algorithm or the formula is one thing, but the 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 human um, finger on the scale is another, and you're never going to be able to eliminate it. And if and if um, someone's already got it in their head about it, then that it being an asterisk is going to be there anyway. So it doesn't matter. I mean, true. You know, just that's how things work. So, um, all right. I think that's going to sh- do shuts it. Your mouth. For us, who's that? Um, Nothing. I appreciate everybody listening. Thanks everybody for tuning in through the spaces. We love you guys. Always there. And. Um, We'll try to get back here Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, We'll see how it goes. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.